Hello, we are back with Live from the End World, where I have the unique opportunity to interview the past famous people who have made history. After interviewing the leaders who made the V-Day, it seems so important to interview Chairman Mao, who led the Chinese Communist victory in the Civil War, overthrowing the Nationalist Party and restoring China's sovereignty, its pride. Mao ruled China as chairman of the Chinese Communist Party from its establishment in 1949 until his death in 1976. But the problem with Chairman Mao is that he is also responsible for millions of deaths. As by his actions, he provoked the world's most disastrous famine, the Great Leap, the Great Leap, and the Cultural Revolution, designed and orchestrated by Chairman Mao, have had such terrible consequences that the judgment of history is quite ambiguous. Let's accept the official Chinese verdict that, and I quote, despite the errors of his later years. Chairman Mao merits outweighed his faults. As we want to be as objective as possible, we need to remember that around 40 to 55 million people died in these famines, and that a leader, even with the best intentions, can make dramatic mistakes. Mr Chairman Mao, we are very honoured that you accepted to talk to us from the world. Could you explain to us how you took the power in China? First, you young people need to realise the terrible situation of China at the beginning of the 20th century, before Europeans first arrived. China was a powerful, unified country. Unfortunately, China was relying solely on agriculture with no industry. As soon as the European nations arrived at the beginning of the 20th century, they divided among themselves China, grabbing power, making money from the Chinese people, exporting opium from India and corrupting the people. Our millennial imperial system collapsed and a first revolution in 1911 created the Republic of China, headed by Sun Yat-sen. And what about you? I was born in 1893 in a well-off peasant family. As most of the young people, I rebelled against the old traditions, such as arranged marriage my family wanted me to have. And I was a firm nationalist. At the Beijing University, I became a Marxist-Leninist and a founding member of the Chinese Communist Party in 1919. I was so outraged by the terrible misery afflicted to most of the population and also the unfairness of the Western nations against China in 1917. China entered World War I along with the Allies and sent men who worked in mines or factories. The Allies chose to forget the contribution of China and ignored our plea to end their controls over China with a system of consensus. Our students demonstrate lead, in fact, to creation of the Communist Party. During the 1920s, we, the Chinese Communist Party, were at war against the Kuomintang. Its leader, Chiang Zhe-shek, tried to destroy us, and we had to retreat through a terrible long march northwards. The worst was yet to come for my poor country with the Japanese invasion. First, in Manchuria in 1931, then occupying most of the east coast. There were truly terrifying years. After the surrender of the Japanese, the civil war started, but the KMT was corrupted, and only cit- cities were we hold the immense countryside. Finally, on, o- on October the 1st, 1949, with the retreat of the, K- the KMT to Taiwan, I established the People's Republic of China. Finally, had succeeded. My first success um, was to have kept China unified, and then, of course, to have defeated the Nationals Party, 
I started to reform the economy and the society. My first goal was to amplify a similar land reform. That's the one in the USSR. The land was taken from the landlords and given to the peasants in just three years. In 1950, I gave the women equality. But with time to reflect the underworld, I understand now that I was too ambitious and too much in a hurry. I wanted my people to jump over centuries of traditions in an attempt to increase agricultural, but also industrial production. I decided to implement a programme named The Great Leap Forward. I wanted the peasants to work collectively in communes and to create small furnaces to produce steel, but it it just didn't work. Moreover, the Russians withdrew their technical support and we had to face three long successive years of bad weather. I do carry the responsibility of the worst famine ever known in the world. Every day I feel this terrible guilt. What about the Cultural Revolution? It started in my mind as a great idea. I wanted the youth to take control over the old and their love of old traditions. The old economy it was also a way to out my opponents who were doubting that a Marxist economy could be successful. It derailed tragically with no more teachers and incompetent intellectuals sent to work in farms with no agricultural knowledge. With children denouncing their parents, it resulted in a lost generation. For that, I'm very guilty. How would you judge yourself? One day I asked a question to my close friend, Zhu and Lai, about his opinion on the French Revolution in 1789. His wise answer was typically Chinese. He said it was too soon to tell. With our millennial history, we need to reflect and hasty judgments are often wrong. I understand that I've done something with best intentions, terrible mistakes, which have led to the most tragic consequences. Here in the underworld, I've realised the necessity of an opposition. Too much power in one man is too dangerous. But from the underworld, I watch every day what is going on in China, and I'm so immensely proud of my people, of my country. The China today is back as the eternal world leader. It has, al- it has always been through the world's history. The same of the 19th and 20th centuries is dissolving. China is back.